I am so excited to talk to everybody today. I am so pumped up after this week's episode of Survivor, David vs. Goliath. My name is Tom Santilli. You're listening to the Film Survivor Podcast. We're going to get all spoilery here any second now, so pause the thing, come back to it later. I'm sure you clicked on this because you already know who's in this, but I just like to give that little spoiler thing anyway. So with that out of the way, boom, what an episode. Oh my God. For those of us waiting for Davey to be seen on the show, man, did we get a Davey episode and it was well worth the wait. This was one of the uh, best episodes of the season. I think it's unarguably the best episode of this season in a season that is really being received well. I mean, most people I'm talking to, uh, a lot of fans online, people on Twitter, have, have just been in love with this season. And mainly it's the cast. It's, it's the idea that there's a lot of people to root for and one to root against, Angelina. There's all kinds of, you know, just good personalities, good gameplay. Uh, I read online, and I agree with this. I think that there hasn't been a lot of really, like, mean-spirited kind of stuff happening. And overall, it's just been a very enjoyable watch this season. This is a great season to tell your friends about and get them to jump on to Survivor uh, after all these seasons. What an entry point. Uh, and, and just, it, again, I and I talk about this all the time, you know, but it, it bears repeating. It's amazing that this show can do this 37 seasons in, and it still gives us the kind of exhilarating uh episode that we got tonight and I'm talking not just about the tribal I just thought the whole episode we got the fallout uh, at the beginning of the episode from you know Angelina and her jury management at the last tribal we you know segued into you know we had some great challenges tonight and they were very simple but like required some concentration and they were kind of you know tense and and thrilling and just, uh, I mean, it went from that to some good gameplay and some back and forth and some backstabbing. And, you know, there was another advantage introduced. And uh, <laughs> it just was a very good episode overall. But Davey, I mean, again, I know that we're only, you know, 24 hours or so away from this episode having happened. But Davey, to me, that Tribal Council it right now ranks up there with maybe one of the best, if not the best, moves ever at a tribal it it goes from not just a great move but it it becomes a legendary move if this somehow propels Davey you know down the down the road or gets him into the finals or makes him into some kind of an all-star player that you know is unforgettable but it just had everything and at the end of the day boom just like that the mayor of Slamtown himself John Hennigan gone just like that, or Johnny, whatever you want to call him. I'm not a pro wrestler fan, so to be honest, I used to be, by the way. I used to watch wrestling all in the 80s and 90s growing up. I uh, was a big fan of the WWF back then. Uh, now the WWE, of course. But, uh, yeah, I don't. I, did, I didn't know who this John guy was at all. So, uh, on his own merits, without his whole pro wrestling persona or his own career, I uh, really liked him on the show, and I thought that he really... Uh, was a likable guy, he was a good player, and I thought he had a great chance of winning as we got into these individual portions where uh, we just know that he's going to you know, probably dominate some of these challenges. We never got a chance to see that because of what happened tonight. I mean, we had two idols played, unbelievably. Davey did something, again, that so many people talk about. 
ahead of time, it's so easy to criticize Survivor and watch Survivor from the sidelines or look back on it and be kind of like the, you know, the armchair quarterback, Monday morning quarterback kind of a thing. But so many people talk about not telling everybody if they find an idol or if they find an advantage. But so few people are able to actually keep that knowledge to themselves, which, as we saw tonight, is the way you have to play it. You have to use your idol to its maximum effect, and Davey did that by not telling anybody about it. That allowed him to be able to pull it out in this moment and do the chaos that he did. There's an awesome meme, by the way, I just saw on Twitter. You have to look at it. Somebody out there, I don't, you know, good credit to whoever this did, but somebody uh, put, uh, they took the scene from Walking Dead with Negan as he's walking up and down with his Lucille bat, you know, with the barbed wire all around it, uh, about to bash in one of the, you know, hero's heads. And they went and they put Davy's head on Negan and put the rest of the cast on all of the heads of, of the people kneeling. That's really what it felt like last night, because not only did Davy play the idol, but he had to have known that if there was any idols on the other side that they were going to get played on Angelina or not get played at all. So he basically had his pick of anybody but Dan, who had immunity around his neck. So he had his pick of getting rid of anybody. And, he, I, and again, from his perspective, and again, I love John as a player, but from his perspective, he made the absolute right choice. John is a threat in the game. He's a likable guy. He's a big physical guy. And who's going to take out John? This was not only a great move for this week, but in doing so, in disrupting the game in this way, he also exposed, you know, people like Mike now are hanging in the wind. He had a Mike had a real, you know, crossroads here tonight where he could have gone with some of the Davids in that strike force alliance. Uh, but he chose not to. The, the, tonight's vote really galvanized the two sides. We're nine episodes in, and this game is very much so still David versus Goliath. And even though we saw some people kind of allow, you know, maybe allow, you know, allowing themselves to work across the aisle, so to speak, and work with the other side, tonight they all kind of went, they aligned properly. The Davids were for the Davids, the Goliaths were for the Goliaths, and now I don't know how in the world any of the Goliaths could possibly change that, to be honest. Um... Just because Mike again had these, he had these relationships going with Christian and and and, some, and Nick, and he went against them. He voted. He wrote Christian's name down tonight. Mike is screwed. So not only did Davy survive this challenge, not or this tribal, but not only did he do that, not only uh, he, I mean, yes, he's way bigger of a target now than he maybe was a day ago in in the Survivor universe, but he's still far from the biggest target left in this game. There's so many other bigger fish to fry, so to speak, and uh, he n not only did that, but okay, we're at six to five right now. Goliath still have the advantage, but it doesn't feel like it. I mean, the momentum is all on the side of the Davids right now, and if you consider that the Davids still have Nick's steal a vote, double vote advantage that he found this episode, if you consider that Carl still has this idle nullifier, uh, you know, thing that we've never seen. They have a lot of power, and if they're able to play those two things correctly next week, 
this could get even more interesting because it's just going to the Davids are going to swing things in their in their favor. This was great news for people like Christian tonight who obviously got saved by Davy, but we saw how much people wanted I mean you have two sides of it. Christian the Goliath liked him so much, thought he was such a great social player that that's why he became their target. They needed to get him out now. All of that of course masterminded by Mike. We'll get back to that in a minute because I know Angelina brought up the whole uh, sexist uh, you know, angle, which I'm going to address in a second. But there was all of that uh, attention now is elsewhere. We are to a point where these Goliaths, you know, <laughs> again, with if, regarding Christian, it's just the fact that he's he's now again not the biggest fish to fry anymore. That from the from the other perspective, though, I feel like Christian, you know, really was saved. Yeah, he's a number, but he's also a crucial ally. Like a lot of people don't want to see Christian go. That's his enemies and his allies. You know, Christian is in a tough spot because he's out front now. He's been kind of you know put out there as this big uh, big threat. But if tonight was any indication, there are more, you know, there are other threats in this game, not just Christian. So everybody has to kind of watch your back and play this out the right way. But it was it was an unselfish move by Davey. He did it to perfection. It worked out great. He was able to get out a great player. And by the way, if you're listening to this, you usually know that I do have an exit interview during the podcast, and I do. I have uh, John Hennigan, who I'll be chatting with just in a few minutes, but just so much to get to. I wanted to talk about this so badly today. I was I couldn't wait to record the podcast. So on that note, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Angelina thing. I think that there's something to there to it. You know, uh, this isn't the first time that uh, sexism has kind of come up in in the realm of Survivor. Uh, the idea that Angelina put out this idea to get rid of Christian last week and was kind of, you know, blown off. And then Mike suddenly brings it up and then all the Goliaths are on board. On the surface, and, you know, maybe there is something to it. I mean, I don't know the inner workings psychologically of the people that are out there. But I think that there's a little bit more to it than just, you know, Angelina brought it up and then Mike brought it up. I think that it's who who's it coming from, male or female. Angelina in the game right now is not a very respected player. I don't know what people think of her on a personal level, but she's not being respected too much in the game. We saw that at the beginning of this episode when she gave everybody a line of bullshit about, you know, her jury management and how it, well, you know, oh, I was taken off guard and it was a moment of weakness when I told Elizabeth that she was getting it voted out. Nobody bought it. We saw everybody say that Alec you know said you know Angelina you slime ball I mean that's what people think of Angelina so you know when you're not respected and and you put out an idea you tend to not have that idea you know a latch on because you're not respected by too many people I think Mike on the other hand is really respected people know that he came in he's a Hollywood guy he's already established and uh, he's been playing a fairly good game and people respect his opinion so I, I, I yes he's a male Angelina's not, uh, but I don't know if that's the whole story there. Uh, that could be me. What do you guys think? That being said, there is uh, something to it. I feel. I mean, there, I, I feel like again, Survivor is such a, 
unique, you know, microcosm of real life. And we know that it exists in real life. And I'm sure that there's elements of that that happen. This particular example, though, I'm not sure is the the example that someone should use, you know, to, to prove that there's, uh, you know, sexism baked into the survivor cake. Just because I think Angelina wasn't respected anyway. So it didn't matter what she was going to say. Okay, all that being said, uh, I forgot to mention this in my written recap today. By the way, I was gone last week, so if you, uh, I, we did the podcast, but we didn't do the written recap last week. I was in Vegas. I'm back home now. There is a written recap up on Reality T, and it's a good one. So check it out today, realityt.com. Uh, my podcast coming up, uh, obviously, you're listening to it right now. Uh, uh, with I'm going to have John Hennigan on here in a minute. But if you guys are not watching the Ponderosa videos, what are you waiting for? Do so. You have to. It's it should be required uh, required weekly viewing for any fan of Survivor, any any fan of the show. I am so big on these. I put them out usually every week, and I also I'm hyping them up every season. If you don't know what it is, Ponderosa is where the jury goes to live together, and that's where they stay the three days in between each tribal council all the way through to the final vote. And CBS.com several years ago started putting together a short little Ponderosa video. And by short, I mean usually these are under 10 minutes. Uh, they're on CBS.com. You can find them on YouTube. There's a channel called Survivor uh, by CBS or Survivor on CBS, I think it is called. And you can find these or just look them up, Ponderosa videos. Uh, and uh, I'll also, I'm going to link to it in my weekly, uh, the written interview that I do on Reality T. But... Check out the Ponderosa videos. Basically, they chronicle from the moment the person is voted out, from their walk of shame, like that second, uh, all the way through uh, to their experiences when they get to Ponderosa. And this one was fascinating, by the way. This one with John, uh, if you guys check it out, was fascinating. Not only do we kind of see his reaction, you kind of get the sense that he felt like he was just like yanked (laughs) out of like the Matrix. Like, or he was like, you know, Jack from Lost, who just is like, you know, I I need to get back to the island. Uh, There was a lot going on emotionally with him, but then by the end of his Ponderosa video, he really opens up and shows a really vulnerable side of him. And that's what you've loved about John thus far. There's just so much there uh, with him. He's so much more than a, you know, a pro wrestler or a meathead, like a lot of people might have thought as he came into this season. And he showed so many other layers, and I think that's what people relate to. But his openness, his willing to be uh, open and vulnerable is just really interesting. Makes him a really likable guy. Makes it hurt all the more that he was voted out this week. Hurt so good, as I wrote. Uh, That's how I feel. I was like, darn it, John's gone. But man, was that cool. So without further ado, let us get into the interview. But before we do that, I want to tell everybody make sure you are following me on on twitter uh, at tom santilli and also uh, check out my website movieshowplus.com that's the tv show that i produce it's called movie show plus you can find episodes online and it's on television in the detroit area check your local listings i also want to tell everybody that there will be another episode of this the films forever podcast this week probably tomorrow we're talking about friday right now i'm uh, taping this on thursday so it's going to be the movie centric one i teased it last week but i'm going to be speaking with zoe kazan who's a great actress 
in her own right, but she co-wrote the new film Wildlife, and I spoke with Zoe Kazan, and it was really cool, and I'm going to put that out tomorrow. I thought about combining it with this one, but this was such a big episode that I just want Survivor to have its own breathing room on, on the podcast today. So... That being said, man, there's so much more to talk about uh, with this episode, but uh, there's online, we can chat. Let's just get into the interview now, though. Stick around after the interviews for some important info, and uh, we'll kind of look forward to uh, the shakeout of all of this tonight and what it means for the rest of the season moving forward. So uh, let's get into it. Here's the interview. Hey, John, how are you doing, man? Great. How are you? I'm doing really good. Uh, I'm still I'm still reeling after last night's episode, uh, to say the least. <laughs> uh, how are you feeling you today, man? Both. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, good. You know, it's it's kind of funny. Like, uh, you know, like I kind of processed what happened and watching it back on TV. It was a, uh, it was cool. I felt the I felt the feelings again last night. I was uh, surprised and shocked, and it was cool actually for me watching it back because there's a bunch of questions that I had as to the order of events. I kind of like what happened. I feel like I have a, a better idea now of what exactly went on um, that, that led to that blind side. You know, before we get to the big tribal council and everything, I, I, I wanted to ask you a couple other questions about just, you know, you coming on survivor, you know, being a pro wrestler, having this persona out there that people know you by uh, what was it like for you? Talk, just talk about that process of, you know, coming on a show like Survivor and, and then showing people like the so-called real you, you know, as opposed to this you know, front that you're putting on. Um, I was super excited to do that, actually, specifically. I've spent so long uh, mm-hmm. in the world of pro wrestling, I mean, playing kind of the same character. It's like crazy sort of method acting that goes on and takes over. Mm-hmm. And um, in other forms of entertainment with, with acting – that um, I've been doing a lot of too is also like portraying a character that's not you. Survivor was really appealing to me because it felt like a a really good time to <laughs> be motivated to be introspective mm-hmm. and be the real me and interact authentically um, with with people on the on our island. <laughs> mm-hmm. 24 hours a day. So it's almost like you, you're, you're there so much that you're, you're forced to be introspective and think about who you are. And the strategy part of uh, Survivor 2 also, I feel like, requires a lot of self-awareness to put yourself in someone else's position and think about how they would perceive you. All that stuff is like fascinating to me because it I usually have so much going on that I, I don't have a lot of time for that. So, so what did you come up with? What did you, what did you find out about yourself? Um, you know, what did you conclude? Well, I guess I, I knew uh, going in that I wasn't going to powerbomb my way to <laughs> <into> the finals. <laughs> but I, I guess I, I concluded that um, I, I push a lot of energy out there with, uh, with pro wrestling and portraying large, like a larger-than-life character. And uh, I'm very achievement-oriented. I always have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my family is, by and large, also. But um, there's a line sometimes that I think I cross. By that, I mean I value achievements and work sometimes 
more than I should because ultimately my inner circle, by that I mean like my family and friends and the, the people that I'm surrounded with that I'm hoping are going to walk through the rest of my life with me mm-hmm. are probably more important than a lot of times than uh, whatever movie I'm writing or <laughs> whoever I'm going to hit Starship paint on in Nashville <laughs> on January 6th. Um, that like a, I think that felt like a, like a big epiphany, even though it seems like common sense. It's just when you hear someone tell you that it's different than when you're in the situation and you're, you're really realizing how true it is to you in, in that moment with, with all the uncomfortableness of Survivor. Mm-hmm. really kind of like peels away a lot of stuff and you get this really raw emotional state that um, I'm also very rarely in. Okay. Um, in your Ponderosa video, uh, as you were walking out of the tribal council last night, uh, you you said something like, you know, your wheels are spinning uh, in your head, you know, thinking about all the missed opportunities. Uh, what, what specifically uh, were the missed opportunities that you were thinking about? Um, I think I was referring to all the what ifs. What if I did this? What if I, what if I talked to Nick? What if I confided in Christian? Um, all the different things that I could have done that might have changed the outcome of last night's tribal. That's I was talking about my wheels spinning. And there's, I mean, there's like a hundred things I could have done that I could have saved myself, and and then a hundred things that if I'd done that might also have happened that would have resulted in the same thing. So it's a, uh, it's tough. Like it's when you, when you get voted out, like for me, I should just speak for myself, I guess. Um, it's a, uh, you kind of become obsessed with the circumstances and figuring out a process. And, and then the, watching the episode last night helps that quite a bit. Okay. I'm sure you've answered this several times before, but uh, walk us through what you felt when Davey pulls out the idol. I mean, even in that moment, in that shock, I'd imagine you're still never thinking that it's your name that you're going to see. Yeah. Um, I, I was surprised. No one knew Davey had an idol. Um, he didn't even, uh, I thought he was going to play it for himself at first even. Mm-hmm. And we played it for Christian. Um, uh, even more surprised. <laughs> and then um, when I, I assumed Dan was going to play the idol to protect Angelina because, based on I think Dan, who Dan is, he's, he's a wild dude. He said he was going to to me. I wasn't aware that he was on the fence. It didn't seem like that to me. Okay. So when Dan played his idol for Angelina, and both idols were played, I still thought that um, for some reason. It was going to be uh, seven votes on Christian, five on Angelina, and we're going to have a revote until uh, that first vote with mine and all that was read. And I kind of realized in that very moment that uh, I had gotten got. And it was my, when my trip to Ponderosa was beginning. <laughs> <laughs> when it was revealed last night, too, that you know you had, that you had actually gotten three votes, so even though he played the idol on Angelina, it didn't really, really quite matter to the result. Like you were going to go home anyway at that point. Did did that um, add to any level of, of surprise that there was actually a third vote? No, I kind of like um, had figured that out by uh, by the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, 
not not really. I mean, it's like really just good uh good gameplay on uh, on behalf of those guys. Sure. Although I will say this. Yeah. I'm surprised that uh Professor Hubicki doesn't know how to spell John. <laughs> right? Right. J O N, come on. You would think so. You would think so. Uh <laughs> The uh, I wanted to ask you too. You know, it, it's been talked about, so I wanted to ask you about it. You know, Angelina suggested uh, last night. You know, the idea to blindside Christian was hers first, and then you know nobody kind of gave it any credence. And then when Mike suggested it, you know, everybody was on board, and she kind of brought up the idea that that was like sexist. That you know, because she's a woman, nobody took her seriously. Uh, what are your what's your reaction to that? Um, I think that's an oversimplification. I uh, was receptive to the idea and, like, discussed it, the idea of voting out Christian with her um, in the previous one where Elizabeth went home. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it seemed like, I don't know, I I really got along great with Christian and Gabby from the time on Tribe Tiva. and didn't really want uh, him to go that first week because... Oh man, this group of chachos and we're doing pull-ups <laughs> together. <laughs> um, but then uh, after uh, after Elizabeth was gone, when we took an honest assessment of the remaining um, Davids based on the information that I had, um, obviously I didn't know about all the advantages and how uh, how clever Davy and Nick and Carl were. Yeah. Uh, but to me, it, it seems that um, Christian was the biggest threat, and it would make sense to get rid of him. Um, even though I really liked him and would have loved to have played the game with him, it just with the numbers, the way they were, just everything seemed to make more sense to vote him out on a, the second time. Um, you seem to show more love uh, to Natalie than most other people out there. Uh, was was there something that you saw in her that we didn't get to see that made you you know feel sympathetic or want to work with her in some way? Yeah, she's a she's the oldest person out there. Um, she is a true Goliath, and the uh, by that I mean she's a boss lady. She has a family. She runs things. She runs things in her in her real life. Um, and I kind of think that's cool. Like she was also unapolog- unapologetically herself, which uh, which I value. And sometimes, especially in the context of having to share a very small beach with somebody 24 hours a day. Um, I could see how she would rub people the wrong way. She's opinionated sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I just feel like she's, like, a, she's like made a lot of, like, really brave choices in her life and has led a very hard life and is the way she is because of how she's lived. And I kind of think that's cool. I also thought... Yes, she rubs people the wrong way. So strategically, probably I'll be able to trust her, or I could have trusted her all the way through to the end. Sure. Um, we are unlikely to work together, just, I guess, okay. superficially unlikely, I guess. Um, those, those things. You know, with uh, again, with your profession, uh, I, I really commend you for – um, you know, being you're the mayor of Slamtown, and you're talking about, uh, and you're you know on TV being vulnerable and and being introspective and things like that. Um, have you 
how has this been received within your profession? Have you have, are you getting uh, any guff for you know showing a softer side of you? No, I think most people in progressing now, if they give me any guff for that, I'll take them to slam town. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I think, no. Um, as a whole, I think that uh, people in professional wrestling probably have a, a stereotype that's untrue okay. a lot of times upon, like, a first look. Sure. Um, wrestling is an art form. And you have to, the best wrestlers are passionate artists. And some of the art is physical, yeah. And um, a lot of it's mental, and a lot of it's psychological and emotional. And, man, you got me spinning down a weird path now. So <laughs> at, at its very, it's very, very, very base. Sure. Pro wrestling, entertainment in general, is emotion. That's the whole point of it. That's why anyone watches anything. Why it's, why someone would watch pro wrestling or a movie or Survivor because it makes them feel something. That's if all, yeah, that's awesome. You, if you're not like a, if you're not at least in touch with yourself and you're not feeling it as a performer, it doesn't come across in a way that makes anyone feel anything when they're watching you in the ring. So that is what I think is like a something that's not really thought about or known about people that are in pro wrestling is that I mean it's not an easy business to get into um, it's not the best way to get rich <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of hard work and everyone slowly falls apart over the course of a wrestling career so, so you don't love feeling things in the ring and communicating that emotion to people even if you can't articulate why uh, you're not going to be very good at pro wrestling that's awesome stuff man uh my time's running out. I got one last question for you. You kind of just hit on it too about you know you, the first impressions can be deceiving. But you know when we first saw you on the show, uh, for people that didn't know you from wrestling, you totally fit the part of a Goliath. You know uh, when you think of yourself though in life in terms of the themes of this season, the David versus the Goliath. Are you a Goliath through and through, uh, or is is there some David in there? Um, for sure, David. I mean, I. There's there's Goliath aspects to all the Davids. There's definitely a lot of Davidy <laughs> stuff about me. I mean, the uh, the work involved in being a pro wrestler is uh, I'll just say is a lot. You don't get really gifted the title of you're a pro wrestler now. Mm-hmm. You have to grind for that. Um, you know, I just thought of for some reason that I haven't mentioned any of these yet. Yeah. For some reason, I feel compelled to now. Um, did Nick say something about how he was going to get his slingshot out and yeah. shoot one of the Goliaths? Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone's pointed this out or not, but a lot of those Davids are talking about a slingshot. It was a sling. There was no slingshots back then. <laughs> it was a sling. And a slingshot, I don't even think, would have uh, done crap, really, to a Goliath <laughs> in a big suit of armor. Um, why is he like pointing that out? I don't know, <laughs> but I just felt like for now. Got to be true, man. You got to be true to yourself, and uh, yeah. you got to let him uh, let him know. Yeah. <laughs> let Nick know that uh, he uh, played well, but his uh, slingshot metaphor could have been better. <laughs> I'll do that. Um, I'm sure I'll talk to him at some point. But hey, man, it was awesome. Uh, super, super cool getting to talk to you. I loved you on the show. 
Uh, I'm not a big fan of pro wrestling, so I didn't really know much about you, to be honest, coming in, and, and you won me over all, all on your own. Uh, so really cool watching you. Best of luck to you, and uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll see you all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. Well, and if you uh, decide to become a fan of pro wrestling, check out Impact Wrestling Thursday nights, 10 p.m. on Pop TV. Fantastic, man. Thank you very much. So there it is. I just took on the mayor of Slamtown and uh, lived to tell the tale. I'm on the other side of it. You heard there he uh, finished up with a little bit of uh, a tidbit exclusively that apparently you're not going to hear on any other interview with him today. That's why you should listen to the Films Forever podcast because I'm able to get the good stuff out of the people. No, I'm just kidding. Hopefully you you liked that interview, though. He revealed a little bit there about uh, some, some fake news, I guess you could call it. If uh, you, you call it that, we'll have to do some fact checking on the David versus Goliath story and whether that was a sling or a slingshot. You're asking the wrong guy. If you came here for some religious, uh, historical, uh, actual, factual data, not the guy you wanted to probably uh, uh, look at for that. So, anyway, there it is. That was a cool thing, though, to talk to him. Uh, I was, again, I was a little bit more interested. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about his tribal council, so I want to hear about that. But I was really just fascinated with the idea that he was just so open uh, and vulnerable uh, being a pro wrestler and being on the show. So hopefully you got some good stuff in that interview. Shifting gears to the future, uh, we got next week's episode uh, in, you know, everybody reads Dalton Ross, right? Entertainment Weekly. Uh, in his interview each week that he does with Jeff Probst, Probst told people, do not miss next week's episode. So I'm going to repeat those words. Do not miss next week's episode. It is the night before Thanksgiving. So you might be at the bar. I'm sure you have a DVR at this point. But everybody watch it, and uh, we'll be right back here next week. Because of Thanksgiving, though, the exit interviews next week are not going to take place until the following Monday. So... That will also mean that there will be no podcast on Thanksgiving. So we will do the podcast next Monday. And, or I'm, I'm sorry, the Monday following Thanksgiving, I should say, with the person voted out. In years past, they used to run like a clip episode. Do you guys remember that? Like they do like some behind the scenes shit that we hadn't seen, uh, you know, on the day before Thanksgiving. But they got rid of that in the last few years that I remember doing this. Uh, the episode right before Thanksgiving has always been phenomenal. So it sounds like it's going to be another good one. I'm so excited. This season is just making me happy. So hopefully you guys feel the same way. Moving forward, though, again, like I said, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here. Uh, Davey's going to have to go back to camp uh, and answer to both his own people and uh, as well as the Goliaths. Uh, uh, clearly now he voted along with Nick and Christian, and I, I'm almost positive he had to have talked to them ahead of time about this plan. So even though he kind of apologized to his uh, alliance members uh, when he played his idol, he might have just been apologizing in general to those that didn't know, like those other Davids that he didn't tell about. But I'm almost positive that Nick and Christian both knew. If Christian knew, that's a hell of an acting job. It's one more reason why people should be scared of him is if he's able to lie that convincingly that he didn't know that he was actually safe for that entire tribal. Uh, and then Nick, too, of course, knew because, you know, Davey couldn't have had couldn't have Nick just randomly playing that double vote 
and, and steal a vote. He wouldn't have wanted to waste that advantage. Uh, so he would have had to have talked to Nick uh, and to make sure that he doesn't play that uh, so that he could play his idol and do what he did. But now you move back to camp. You got guys like, you know, Carl. Carl! Uh, a little Walking Dead reference for you guys there. Uh, you got Carl. You got Nick. You got Christian. You got that Mason-Dixon alliance there going still strong. Nick and Christian. You got Christian who's tight with Gabby. You got Davey who's in there with them as well. And, uh, you know, you got Angelina who... Uh, you know, Dan and her are clearly bonded at this point. Angelina owes her life in the game, she thought, to to, to Dan, even though she wouldn't have went home anyway. But uh, it'll just be fascinating to see what happened. I talked earlier about how Mike's game kind of unraveled tonight. Uh, I, I find it suddenly hard to see him going far in this game. We'll have to see. And uh, can can the Goliaths recover? Will history repeat itself? Was it a sling or a slingshot? Nobody knows. So uh, we'll have to find out. That's next week, Survivor Wednesday. And again, the quick note, make sure you tune back in by the next Monday. Uh, as far as movie stuff goes, stay tuned because either later today or tomorrow, that's Friday, I'm going to be putting out another special Film Survivor podcast where I chat with Zoe Kazan. You guys might know her as an actress from Ruby Sparks. She was also in The Big Sick last year. She was the girlfriend to Camille Nanjiani. And she's just a fabulous actress. Uh, but she does not appear in, the, in Wildlife, her new film. She, But she did co-write it. And she co-wrote it with her partner, uh, Paul Dano, fellow actor. Uh, Paul Dano directed the film. It's his directorial debut. And it's just a fascinating movie. It's a really good movie. And uh, it stars Carrie Mulligan, Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's something that you guys definitely need to check out. Uh, but I'm gonna, I talked to her. We're going to have some uh, good stuff with her on the next podcast. That'll be in between now and next week's uh, post-Thanksgiving Survivor podcast. And then we're in the home stretch, boys and girls. Just a few more left. I mean, you know, this season's going to wrap up in December. Uh, we're, we got, you know, very few November episodes left of Survivor. And then we're on to season 38, just like that. It's going by too quick, but I'm here with you get through it together and uh it just goes by even quicker when it's good you know you, you want it to, you, you keep waiting you want the next episode to come and you yeah you, you want the week to fly by and then it does and then you want it to slow down when you have a two-year-old like i do anyway you want things to start slowing down a little bit last plug for me follow me at tom santilli i am a rotten tomatoes approved critic and you can find me on rotten tomatoes by just going to rotten tomatoes there's a critics list you can search my name is again tom santilli that's probably the easiest way to get right to my page. And then from that page, you can check out all of my recent reviews. I'm the national film critic for Access.com. Uh, I was just in New York this past weekend, met Alfonso Cuaron, who's a director of a new film coming out on Netflix called Roma. Uh, I'm going to have that review in a couple weeks. But this coming week, uh, you know, we got Fantastic Beasts 2 is the big movie. I uh, famously hated the first Fantastic Beasts, hated it, not even strong enough word, loathed, maybe, just couldn't stand it, I, I I give very few F's, and I'm pretty certain I gave that movie an F, just hated it, Dan Fogler, one of the worst actors to me, I love Dan Fogler as a person, I'm sure he's a great human being, nah, never seen him in a good movie, so, 
see what I think of Fantastic Beasts 2. Will I be turned around, or is it more of the same? Find out soon enough. There's another movie coming out called Widows, and another great movie coming out called A Private War with Rosamund Pike. Uh, and you guys, all those reviews are going to be up this week as well. So check all that out. Check out Movie Show Plus. You know, it's at movieshowplus.com. We have some fun things on the show. This week, uh, we have interviews with Hugh Jackman, with Mark Wahlberg, and Rose Byrne. And uh, we do a little tribute to Stan Lee, who passed away this past week. One of my absolute heroes, as he is to many, many, many people. Uh, I My first job was in a comic book store, and uh, Stan Lee has just been an idol uh, for always, and always will be. And what a life, what a guy, what a what a imprint to live to leave on pop culture and on society. And uh, the episode will have a couple little tributes to Stan Lee in it as well. So I urge you to check out Movie Show Plus. Please do that. That'll be all for this week, everybody. Thanks again for joining me. What an episode. I'm still pumped up every time I'm starting to think about the Tribal Council. I f- have a great feeling that the season is going to go in a way that is not predictable, which was, means it's just going to be better and better. Start thinking about a winner, guys. Is there anybody left in this cast right now that you would be upset that they won the game? I know nobody likes Angelina, but if she made it to the end, wouldn't that be quite something? Give the girl a jacket. If she if she, if she she makes it all the way to the end, I, she can have my jacket, in fact. But, yeah, start thinking about it because it's coming quick. we got only probably five episodes left till the finale. I'll be here all the way with you to the end. Watch a bunch of movies. I won't talk to you on this podcast till after Thanksgiving, so have a great, great Thanksgiving. Make sure, though, next week, Wednesday night, you tune in to the show, Survivor. It's on CBS, of course, 8 o'clock. And that night, I'm going to make sure that my recap gets up that night so that you can check in with it following the episode. And then, of course, you can read it as you're trying to avoid your relatives on Thanksgiving. So there you go. I'm done. Let's do this. Let's get off the air. We will see you all next week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Bye-bye.